Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today because I have had the most wonderful conversation and I only know a small bit about my guest. Thank you so much Lorraine Finnegan for saying yes to do my podcast. I really appreciate it. So Lorraine, would you please tell the world a little bit about yourself? Heather, thank you so much for inviting me to this, giving me this opportunity to kind of tell my story, I guess, with uh, brain trauma injury and concussions and a whole life of learning experiences that has brought me to a place of, I'm going to say, contentment. You know, we, we fight for it, but we don't realize that we need it as bad as we do. So 20 years ago, I had a brain trauma injury that... I guess they, they explained it to us, like a stroke. I had a mini burst in the base of my brain, and, and it caused a whole lot of change in me, more so than anything. My husband said it was like going to bed with Cinderella and waking up with the Wicked Witch of the West. But, you know, it was because that was the dramatic change that uh, came about because of some frustration. You know, frustration because I lost my ability to communicate, tell the world what I need it, what I want it, who I was. I was brought to a humbling place of the ability to speak six words in a minute. And by the time I got my six words out, most conversations moved on to three or four different other topics. So it was a very frustrating time. And about a couple of years, you know, later, and I guess at that point, I was able to speak a little clearer. I was able to communicate a little bit more. And I started getting what we call independence license back. I was able to drive and I was able to kind of start doing normal things like going to a grocery store, which I thought I couldn't do that. I couldn't do anything that required thinking and communicating. So 20 years later, if we fast track, I was sitting here talking to Heather and finding it really funny because I didn't think I had an interesting story. My life was not, you know, interesting enough it was just my life Mm -hmm. and three concussions later after the brain trauma injury I have been in and out of that space of confidence and space of even loving my life several times and as of recent most recent knock on the head and I've had a lot of them but the, the, the traumatic ones the last one 
was one that left me almost back to a place where my communication skills were absolutely minimal again. Mm. And my awareness of my surroundings was literally almost nil again. And anger and frustration started to take over and quickly, very quickly, because we've been down this road a few times. Not to this degree, I think, this time, or not to the degree of the first brain trauma injury, but to a place where we quickly caught it. My husband said, oh no, I don't want Wicked Witch of the West back. I want my Cinderella. So we got very, very, very quick to deciding, you know, what needed to be done, but not... I guess until I found myself lost in places by rural areas and not knowing how to get back and not understanding where I was, how I got there until it happened and I ended up in a psychiatrist office, which was probably probably the most humble thing that I've ever had to deal with. But psychiatrist office and being diagnosed with what they call complex PTSD, meaning after trauma, after trauma, after trauma, and life, because we all have lots of things that happen in our lives, make us more um, real. <laughs> you know, we don't share that stuff. All of those personal things that just kind of make life also is traumatic experiences for everybody. But you throw a few head injuries in there, and you can't communicate it. Frustration is a huge thing. So, complex PTSD, and what did you do with it? Well, prior to being diagnosed with that, I owned and operated the greatest little home decor paint store, a fun little place, and it was it was just a happen in place. We, you know, creativity was a thing. I sold paint. I sold furniture that I painted. I let people paint there. It was just an open opportunity for do-it-yourself projects for everybody. Anyway, that was uh, came to a quick end after this last little concussion and the anger and the communications and all of that stuff sort of brought me back to, okay, let's, let's quickly move on because you're 60 years old now, the rain, and it's time to start enjoying your life. So we went quickly into a cognitive behavior therapy treatment, um, occupational therapy, all of the things that kind of brought me around to from the very beginning, from the first for, from the first traumatic brain injury. I was able at that point to take a deep breath, sold my little studio, well, the contents of my studio, and moved home literally to my closet. Like in my front closet, where I put my paint, where I put, where I, where I cre- still had to create. I still had to put brush to to something. Some artists use uh, canvas. I use furniture. I use well, actually, if it's not, if it's uh, sitting still long enough, I'll paint it. Yeah. Um, so you know, as long as it's not moving, I'm good. Although I have painted a fan. So you know, the, it's been almost two years. And I got myself into this great little out of my closet into a room. And this is where I use my brush to 
calms because it's a neurological thing too. So I I shake a lot now. So as soon as I pick up a brush, it it helps. Like in, if I start painting, it helps. And ironically enough, the first head trauma injury that I had was they put they handed me a paintbrush and said, "Let's talk and you paint." <laughs> and here I am, still painting. Yeah. Well, and there is something to busy hands calming the mind. Mm. I've had that statement said to me. There, right? Yeah, so you're on to something for sure. And if anybody hasn't been exposed to, and I I think it's probably rare, but because concussions are, are far more prevalent than they were ever talked about in the past, but there is this. The brain and moods and mental health and concussions, mm-hmm. there's so many lines to be drawn. So I think it's incredible that you shared all that you have shared because trauma can be a very physical thing, uh-huh. uh, but it can create that ripple effect that leads to emotions and mental health and energetic stuff like it's it's a whole bottle of wax because your your whole system's been shaken and stirred so I I think the PTSD for me we don't we don't know it we don't see it coming Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I I I count as a blessing is the PTSD part of it is an opportunity to actually take a deep breath slow down and kind of be aware of my surroundings because you do see it coming. It's amazing how the brain um, allows you to actually see it if you slow down. Well, and that has been a theme on a lot of podcasts, Uh is that pregnant pause is where the intuition comes in. Yeah. A lot of times. And in our discussion before we get, I am going to shift gears a little bit. In our discussion before we get started is you you were ex- describing how your injuries had created the need to trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to back up a little bit before you get into some, some information about that comment and just ask you, how does your intuition come? Different people receive it different ways, but for you, what what are your... What are your ways of, of connecting the dots, so to speak, that your intuition is talking to you? How my intuition is talking So how I become aware? Well, like some people hear words in their head and some people get goosebumps. Some people mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. know and they do something next. There's okay, I, I just know in my knower. You know? Okay. So, you know, my knower, what is that? Well, I believe it's my spirit. I believe that. I believe it's, I guess, if I can just back up a tiny bit. Sure. You know, um, I believe that, you know, my intuition is God. Mm -hmm. It's love. I believe that God is love. And I believe that, you know, love comes and forms. You know, I am a Christian, and I do believe that Jesus is the, the the earthly human form of of God in love. Mm-hmm. I believe that my spirit that I have is 
is my God, it's my love. So it gives me this confidence of, of knowing that I'm never alone. And the awareness comes really from, from gratitude and um, gratitude for the things I think more so that have gone wrong in my life than the things that have gone right. Because then I'm listening. Because all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm trying to lead my world all by myself, and I'm trying to, you know, be that great marketing manager, and I'm trying to be so many things, like perfect mom. And when I, when that ability is taken away, I have to learn to trust. And there's something I know that if it doesn't feel peaceful, if it doesn't, if there's something that doesn't feel right, if I get my spirit gets stirred, I know that I need to be aware because there's something around me. There's something that I need to pay attention to. So I've had to, you know, there's simple things like timers and I use sticky notes and I use a lot of things to make me aware that I put something in the oven or I've got to do something and pick something up. But really it's about that feeling of being stirred up. You know, I know that there's something not right. Like it just doesn't feel good in my, it, right in my core, right in my knower. Mm. And my knower is, is where I believe my spirit, spirit of God lives. So, yeah, it's just, you just know. Like, I just know if it doesn't feel right, <laughs> it's not right. It's just something is not right. Yeah, and yeah. that's so true. And it's interesting mm. how even the choices of words that you use to describe it is stirred up. And I just finished saying that, you know, a concussion shakes and stirs the whole field. <laughs> and so you, you're living in this post multiple concussion place and stroke place. And yet there's a calmness that resides in your spirit, in your essence that you connect with that when it's stirred, you're able to mm-hmm. discern. So that's the first time it's kind of been described that way. So I'm just underlining yeah. and highlighting how how even the most stirred up person can have peace. In well, their... we, yes, and that's the awareness. And I think you and I spoke a little bit about the awareness when I actually realized that I had a problem. I, you know, and when, when the accident first happened, I had no idea that, there was anything different. I had no idea who I was and what I was, what my purpose was. My 14-year-old daughter used to leave me a note and say, Mom, you've already had your breakfast and, and you know, you, you have something prepared in the fridge for your lunch. And, you know, so I would have notes and, and it, it's a sad thing when you don't, when you can't be independent, but I remember the first time, and as I shared with you earlier, that I realized going through when they took my license away from me and I was unable to drive, I remember the first time I became aware that I had to be aware. And it was literally begging a stranger, a cab driver, to take me through Tim Hortons to get a coffee. And it wasn't until probably an hour later when my awareness something alarmed me and said that cab driver just ripped you off and kept your change and it and 
I was angry, and I and it was a, it was the first time I've had to uh, that I felt that kind of emotion because it was the first time I was aware. And the I guess my therapist at the time taught me to celebrate that because they were excited that I was aware. Mm-hmm. Anger was making me aware, right? So I guess quickly I learned that if something didn't feel good, you know that chances are something good wasn't happening. <laughs> so I had I had to learn to look after myself, like to to be aware of those things. And you know, so I was very grateful for the things that, which would sound really funny, but you know, cab driver ripped me out from a twenty dollar bill, but I. And I bought him a coffee, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it was a good thing. It was probably one of the best things that's ever happened since the beginning was the fact that, you know, God was showing me to be still and to be aware, and that was cool, you know. So I, I started getting really grateful for those moments, those awareness moments. And that's probably where my contentment comes from. That's where I'm like, okay, with this now, like, I'm pretty excited that, you know, <laughs> I, I get to be aware. Some people don't. I just want to highlight for people that that was in your most cognitively challenged time, that uh-huh. your inner guidance, your connectivity, your awareness was highlighted for you. So, We have to realize that it's available to anyone, any age, any capacity. Because that, to me, is a sign that it's it's in all of us. Whether we're we can still ourselves enough to grab hold of it or to become aware of how the clues come to you, because it is about creating peace or it is about creating turmoil so that you listen. It's one or the other. So I appreciate you resharing that with everybody because to me it's it's an important thing that you talk about, you know, not everybody has the awareness right now and yet it is in everybody to receive it. And whether you believe in God or spirit or mother nature or whatever it is, it still comes through to you. Yes, exactly. It still comes through to you. Whether you have a belief system around what it's called, it still comes through to you. It's accessible to everybody. So I, I really am glad you shared that story. And, and I would love to talk a little bit about how what you're doing now with your space in creating space for other people and how, you know, stripping you of of all the, um, what the outside wow. world would, would call success. Well, it's validation, you know. Yeah. I think prior to coming to my little positive space, that, you know, I call my secret studio, um, I think that prior to all of that, it was more, oh dear, Heather, you know what, i got to be really, really real right now, but I just lost my train of thought. That's Okay. We were talking about how prior to, like, you owning the business with the 30 people and you were a happening business owner and manager and how the validation of all those things was external versus, I think, internal. Right. Because we've talked a little bit about this story before we got started. And I was like, Mm. wow, the beauty of the flip of that. 
and the healing that goes on within your sacred studio now for others because you've had this slip in your communication and this awareness in your communication that the power of of sometimes not saying anything can leave people space so anyways i don't know if that triggers your no it didn't okay (laughs) okay but if we if we go back to you know my my studio that was out there and it was for the whole world to see you know it was where i actually made a little bit of you know side side money to keep but it was something that i was able to call my contribution to being all grown up and and successful I was a little bit successful after everything that I had been through for me, right? So I carried that for about four or five years where, you know, I really was out there and and being a business owner and, you know, being humbled back to a place and recognize that, oh my goodness, I don't know where I'm at. I do not know how to operate a business anymore, you know? And if I can be a little bit personal here, the accident that I had that caused me to have this last brain trauma injury concussion was almost like, it almost brought me back to the very beginning when I had the first brain trauma injury where I wasn't able to communicate. So I could feel this frustration starting again. And I all of a sudden was not aware of my surroundings because I would find myself curled up in a ball in a broom closet, just wondering, coming around to go, how, why, what, what, and humility that came with that and, and the humbleness of, you know, having somebody find me on the side of the road crying like a baby because I don't know where I'm at. That humbleness and that humility, you know, forced me to be, to to realize that, you know what, this is not about me being successful, it's about me being content. It's about me at 60 years old starting to realize the only thing that matters is is giving back and being grateful that I'm actually here, <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm here. And, you know, 20 years ago when this started, they put a paintbrush in my hand and said, <laughs> you know, try to talk communicate so I realized really quickly that every time I'd been brought back to that place of humbleness there was somebody that was in the same boat as I was you know it's a, it's a everybody's got this huge story and so much going on in their life and especially now with COVID it's time that I would take that try to offer a little bit of that piece back and give people the opportunity to at least see what it is that I do so that they can, you know, creativity is is the key, (laughs) you know, just to be yourself, you know, just to let loose. And this little studio has provided a place without me having to be a business. So I think there's more rewards in loving others and helping others through these crazy times that we're living in makes me feel complete. It makes me feel feel grateful. It makes me, when I hear their stories, because this little studio, you know, we call it the secret studio for a reason. Lots of things have been, you know, talked about in this little place. 
the traumatic stories that I've heard makes mine sound like nothing, you know? Nothing. There, it, it's amazing how much healing comes to us and by allowing people to heal. Well, and given them space and you learned the art of listening and I'm so grateful that you and forgetting (laughs) they tell me I forget so it's all good that's probably a blessing you know that gives you uh, that clean slate of non-judgment when they come back the next day that's right I might I'll remember what color paint they use yeah they're working on but their story I don't right yeah God works in funny ways he does indeed indeed being grateful I think for the things that have gone wrong more so in my life and is a lesson that you know I like I want the world to hear that if we're if we're grateful and if we can just be patient and be aware of what of, of our surroundings that there's just all eyes are upon us and they're waiting they're waiting to see how we do it you know everybody's waiting to see how the other person's doing it if it's working they want a part of it and what I've learned is forgiving forgetting is, is a good thing and being aware of our surroundings those are things that we all need to know. We all need to learn in order to find contentment, in order to find peace. You know, I, I know that my God is love, and I know that he promises me peace, and he you know, promises me a lot of things if I will just pay attention. And it's not about me. <laughs> it's not about me ever. Well, I'm just going to highlight and underscore that. Lorraine, thank you so much for today. That is, for somebody who wasn't sure she had anything to share with the world, I'm so glad you came full circle today in this interview. Because <laughs> I would almost say, Heather, you kind of tricked me a little bit. After our 45-minute conversation, I had no idea that this was happening today. <laughs> but, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. I yeah. appreciate it. Sometimes planning isn't the uh, best place to do things. Sometimes spontaneity is the best place to do things. <laughs> for me, it is. Yeah. For sure. You're, Something you're nudged me to uh, do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for sharing. You've shared uh, that, you know, my world and your world are very similar. And, you know, that, that's kind of, that makes me feel like I'm not alone again. Yeah. No, not at all. It's been wonderful to make the connection, Lorraine, and thank you so much for today. I will look forward to our conversation continuing on or off the podcast. All right. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca 
or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.